So as mentioned earlier, I deleted half of the review for the pilot episode of Krypton, and in its place, I'm going to be reviewing Isola Number 1, a new fantasy series from Image Comics, courtesy of its creators, Brendan Fletcher and Carl Kershaw. And let me tell you, it's probably one of the happiest accidents I've ever blundered my way into. Warning, this podcast contains graphic content on comics. Stay a while and listen. He called you a cowboy. What in Sam Hill? What did he mean? What are you? I'm the abomination, the strongest mutant of all. Know this, swimming bird. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. This blue eye perceives all things conjoined. I cared much for the word impregnable. The past. Sounds a bit too much like unsinkable. The future. What's wrong with unsinkable? Nothing. And the present. As the iceberg said to the Titanic. Stop. How's life? He seems nice. Nice. And we're back with episode two of season three of the Graphic Content Podcast. My name is Jim Mason, and as I said in the cold open, man, I blew it on editing the Krypton episode, but I, in a way, I'm so glad I did, number one, because it gives me time to review multiple episodes of the show and let you, who might be a little burned out on the sheer dearth of, of, of superhero TV out there, um, a chance to see whether or not you should pick it up on demand or watch it on Blu-ray or streaming when it hits that service. Um, so we are definitely going to do a Krypton review. I'm going to bring Manny Gomez back in so that um, we can unpack that and give it our review and, and hopefully, um, you know, give our, our true and honest opinion on that. Uh, Truth be told, I'm recording this super late at night because I've had a wonky day at work. But all that being said, as I I said before, I am super glad that this happened because it gave me a chance to instead push up the review of a comic called Isola. It is a new fantasy series from Brendan Fletcher and Carl Kershaw, who has been working on this fantasy world. It's a, a, a very high fantasy world in the vein of something from... I mean, it's like a combination of like Battle Chasers or Mike Waringo's Telos uh, crossed with something from Hayao Miyazaki, like uh, uh, Princess Mononoke or Howl's Moving Castle. This is, I think, the most beautiful work that Carl Kershaw has ever done. Um, he's working with another artist by the name of Masasik. I... I, uh, I if I'm mispronouncing your name, I apologize greatly to you. Um, it, it's the first time I've been exposed to your work on this, um, as well as beautiful letters by Aditya Bidikar. Boy, I need to do a disclaimer about massacring names. So if I've mispronounced your names, please accept my humble apology. Um, but wow, this comic book is 
absolutely amazing. It, it, fantasy is a, is a genre that, that comes up with mixed results. Now, in my earlier review of Infidel, um, I, I told you straight up that I'm not the biggest horror fan out there. I like fantasy. I'm not the biggest fan of fantasy. If I had my choice between fantasy or sci-fi, I would typically go sci-fi. But I like good fantasy. I don't like the cookie cutter, okay, we've got a knight, we've got a ranger, we've got a cleric, we've got a magic user. You know, D&D parties that are uh, reconstituted for comic books. Um, I, I hear there's some great stuff. I hear the Pathfinder comics are fantastic. But I like real originality. I like stuff. I like fantasy to be really fantastical. And Isola was able to establish a completely, to me anyway, a completely unique fantasy world, setting the, uh, the table for equal parts world building and characterization the likes of which I have not seen in a lot of comics recently. Holy God, this is great. So what is it about? Well, in a nutshell, I'm going to read from the Wikipedia page on this for just a second. So I'm citing my source there. Um, the story follows two women, Queen Olwyn and Rook, her captain of the guard, on a journey to the island of Asola in hopes of reversing a curse that transformed the queen into a tiger. Speaking of tigers, my 22-pound uh, cat Mimi is making her presence known. If you hear her in the background, say hello, Mimi. Um, <laughs> so the queen of this land had a curse put on her to turn her into a, and not just a tiger, but a, a charcoal black, bluish black tiger with bright, light blue stripes. I mean, it is a fantasy tiger. Um, and the only dialogue for about half the comic, well, hell, the first third of the comic, there's no dialogue whatsoever. It is all sequential art telling the story, which I admire and love. And when there is dialogue for half the issue, it's extremely one-sided. It is Rook trying to communicate with somebody who's been turned into a tiger. A tiger that, unlike in He-Man or other fantasy worlds, does not have the ability to talk because the queen is a tiger. So Rook has to try to, to uh, assume or guess as to what the queen's intent or, or feelings are on a subject and it is amazing. She's a young character, but obviously well-skilled fighter of some order. She, she wears armor. She carries a big sword. She knows how to use it, uh, demonstrates it, um, and, you know, to, to varying degrees of effect. Um, it was amazing just, you know, the, the, the stuff that you read from actual medieval historians about, you know, how swords get stuck in things like people in war, these kinds of things befall poor Rook in their quote-unquote adventure, and really it's more of a quest. This is a fantasy quest with two lead characters. Um, again, amazing world-building, fantasy set pieces that are absolutely brilliant. 
Um, a supporting character is introduced early who is um, somewhat mysterious and whose motives aren't necessarily clear. Uh, they set up some villains in the term in, in the guise of this quote unquote hunting guild, or excuse me, hunting tribe. And there's so much that's said in the dialogue, which also supports the world building there that, you know, again, I, I do, I'm trying to do these comic book reviews without any major spoilers. So I'm just giving you the setup for this. I'm telling you, if, if you want to get in, in the very early stages of what could be the next big thing over at Image Comics, and damn it, they are putting out a lot of great next big things over at Image Comics, is Sola is it. And I'll tell you what sold me on it. So this is another hand sell from my, from my uh, former business partner and one of my best friends, Mike, who is the uh, proprietor over at the Launchpad. And he showed me the inside back cover to this. And the world building is supported by a standard line-drawn map of the world, of the fantasy world. Stuff that you would get in modules of old Dungeons & Dragons adventures. Uh, stuff that you would see in Pathfinder, if that's your, your flavor of choice, or whatever. It's uh, stuff that you would see like the maps that they've put in recent volumes of The Lord of the Rings or many other fantasy series, where you just look at some of uh, the geography of this world and you say to yourself, wow, I would like to learn more about the, the town of Casing, or are they going to make it all the way across Tenkala into Old Kingsland or Pellingreen Rock? I mean, it's there's just so much going on in this book. And Damn it, if the art is is not, I, I, I can't stress enough the the influences. I mean, these the influences are right down the middle between Western artwork that that Carl Kershaw, he's always known for clean line work. I mean, I think I, I was one of the, you know, when Marvel was in its sort of depression after its bankruptcy, Carl Kershaw did this great run. I think he was the writer and the artist on Daredevil. I could be wrong. Uh, you can always uh, at me on Twitter, at Jimmers with three Ms, and let me know if, if you know. But his line work caught my eye on Daredevil. And between that and the color work, which I think is that of Masasek, um, it's this is a transformative comic. I, I'm just flipping through the pages right now, and I'm getting lost in the depth that they show in in the span of 20 some odd pages um the the paper stock is fantastic the the cover is beautiful the cover design and layout is beautiful and there's just nothing more i can say about this this book is beautiful please buy it it's 3.99 for a first issue uh, rated T plus. I think I'm going to start putting those ratings out on the show. Just stream of consciousness because I'm recording this after midnight. Um, I, I just God, please go buy this book. Please, 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 please. There is room in your superhero diet for a little fantasy, and this will transport you to another world. And I just hope you love it as much as I did. So, as I said before. 
um, you can at me on Twitter at Jimmers with three M's on Instagram at Jimmers with five M's. And I'm Jim Mason on Facebook. Yes, I use my actual name. The show also maintains a Facebook official Facebook page at facebook.com slash graphic podcast. We are at graphic podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We post covers of all the books that we review as well as other neat pieces of art that we run across. Instagram is at graphic content dot podcast. So there you go. Please go pick up this book. Please go to your favorite local comic book store if you have one near you and see all the stuff that they have there. We will be reviewing superhero comics in the very next episode with Dr. Star and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows. But until then, go hit your comics. And after you're done with that, please listen to graphic content.